Welcome, welcome everybody to what is now the third episode of URL, Understanding Real Lives, where we understand real lives through real experiences with real people. And I'm your host, Victor J. Ubias. And today I'm joined by Evelyn Brito, who has a great story to, to share with us today for all of us listeners here. And she is here now. So Evelyn, how are you? <laughs> Thank you, Victor. Good morning. Appreciate your the invitation. Yes, 100%. Definitely have uh, some good conversations to talk about. So for those who may not know, this is a little uh, background on yourself, on who you are, um, and who is Evelyn. Sure. So I am an, the executive producer of Bodega Makeover. It's a web series that provides store improvement and healthy eating options to community. And for those that don't know, um, when they hear Bodega Makeover, I guess, what is a quick synopsis of, you know, what a bodega is for those that may not know? <laughs> I know for the people from the West Coast, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they call them mercado over there or tienda. So, you know, bodegas are like, you know, our grocery stores, pretty much corner stores in our community. It's well, definitely well known in New York. As, as the name Bodega, but uh, you know, Bodega uh, was around in New York from in, in starting in the 1940s. You know, uh, you can say that Bodegas uh, were, you know, the first Latino entrepreneurs um, from Puerto Rico. So Puerto Ricans were really, you could say, were the first entrepreneurs on, on the East Coast. And outside from even just uh, uh, just adding on to that, outside of just providing food, right, for these neighborhoods, they also have a cultural significance, as you mentioned, with the Puerto Rican background, with the entrepreneurship. So for those listening, it's more than just a place where you get snacks and food, right? Absolutely. It's, you know, where you get your culturally reverent foods, you know, me being Dominican, uh, my father used to take me to Bodegas all the time. And I got to really listen to like what's happening over there. You know, um, you know, I consider myself Dominican American, but knowing like going to Bodegas and actually listening what's going on at home in the homeland really, you know, was able, like, I was able to connect with that, with my culture. This year, obviously, or this past year in 2020, right, we've learned, you know, in a full scope, the injustices that occur in this nation, right, whether we're talking about policing, whether we're talking about the schools that our kids are previewed to at a young age, or that we're talking about housing insecurity, et cetera. But one thing that kind of gets swept under the rug is the food that we have available in our communities. And that itself is an injustice in the way that what's, what's available to us. So how does that affect us when we talk about our communities as in black and brown communities across this nation? Uh, you know, it's a long history. Um, it, you know, it goes back all the way back to Native Americans, you know, when they say, you, you know, if you want to control the people, you control the food, you know, right? So, you know, and that's a long, <laughs> long <laughs> conversation we're going to have, yeah. but, you know, it, it definitely affects uh, the black and brown community because, you know, not having access to healthy foods, you know, you prone to have diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, have all these health issues um, that's happening now. Uh, within our community because we don't have access to healthy foods, even though we do have bodegas, but bodegas are not equipped to, to, uh, to give us healthy options because A, you know, broken refrigerator, you know how it is, you go to a bodega and it's a broken refrigerator and they use it for what, you know, other stuff. So, and it's, it's, it's a problem. And um, I think that the community, we have the power to say we want change, you know, and it starts with us. 
Yes, 100%. And so do, is that kind of how Bodega Makeover came about? Like, why, when did you say, you know, this is enough? Or what was that point where you said this, something has to be done and I'm going to take the initiative to start Bodega Makeover? You know, like I said, you know, bodegas are very close to me. My father used to take me all the time. So I really uh, kind of like know that connection, like what bodegas are capable of, you know, not just, again, like you said, to buy groceries, but, you know, that, you know, where you can get resource where, you know, you can hear the word chiche or, you know, <laughs> or, you know, when you are, you know, you're sort of a family. Um, and I think that what happened, you know, what happened to me is that I moved to a different community um, when I was, when Jalen, my daughter, was three at the time. So we moved to a different community and my daughter really took to vegetables. She loved raw carrots, raw pepper, and it was sort of her lunchtime, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know, I finished unpacking. Let me go to the local bodega here and see where I can find. So I went to the first one. I couldn't find anything. It was full of chips, junk food. You know how it is, ice cream. And then I went to the second bodega, it was nothing. And imagine me, I'm with my three-year-old crying and she's hungry. And so I went to the third one and I just see some vegetables, but it was rotten. Uh, the, it was, the refrigerator was broken. I was like, you know what, let me talk to the owner and see what's going on. So, you know, him telling me about sort of the struggle, you know, that he's going through, not, not having enough resource. And then I walked out of there thinking, Sheesh, that bodega needs a makeover. And I was like, wait, I'm a filmmaker. I know about bodegas. I can do this. So it was like that aha moment. Based off that story of how it started, it's, it's kind of started off one, wanting better food for your daughter at the time, right? And then two, also from talking with a, a local community member that owned the bodega, right? And, and finding out what the problem was. So did you learn more from that? Or did you also learn about this in school at some point? Like were you taught in school growing up, you know, uh, about these food insecurities or, you know, food dis disparities or about bodegas and access to that? Not at all. Actually, I, I got my education through online. You know, I Googled um, food insecurity and found out that it's not just Boston, it's everywhere. You know, it was just, uh, just such a bigger problem than just, you know, my community. And then I also connected like, wow, how I normalized it how I, we all normalize unhealthy eating, you know, you know, it, we, we take it back to like, oh, you know, it's tradition or, you know, my family has diabetes. So that means I have diabetes. I will, I would get diabetes and not knowing that way, you know, uh, this, this doesn't have to ha happen. Um, so, you know, doing some more research and, and figuring out that, wow, this is bigger than me. This is way bigger than me. Like, I don't know if I can tackle this <laughs> project so big. <laughs> You did it, but you did it. We'll get into that. You touched on it a little bit uh, in, in, in your last answer there, but so what do other stores and other communities look like? And I guess when we say other communities, uh, communities have more resources, right? What do bodegas, quote unquote, or their stores um, look like? What does their access look like as far as food is concerned? Um, well, it depends on the community, right? Like you said, you know, if you, you know, I can only talk about Boston, right? So in Boston, you know, if you go to, um, you know, where I live, you know, Lexington, um, I have a local farm, you know, we have fresh fruits available to us and, you know, are an affordable price. When you go to Roxbury, right? Uh, very, very little of it. Um, and, and it can be, you know, a few reasons, you know, the bodega owner thinks that uh, I'm going to just purchase what people buy, 
you know, if, if Victor comes in and buys bag of chips, oh, I'm gonna, buy, I'm gonna get more bag of chips because that's all he buys, right? So here in Lexington, the residents have the power. We can, I can go to the farm and say, hey, can you, can you give me some platanos? We don't have platanos here. And they will, they will listen, they will get some platanos. It's the same thing. So I think that the community also needs to step up and say, wait, you know, we can't normalize this in our community and go to your bodega owner and say, hey, and demand, hey, we want fresh produce here. Yeah. And it's hard for the bodega owner because they're not utilizing the resource that's available to them. You know, there's a whole bunch of resources that the city offers. They don't even, A, don't know about it, or B, they feel like, oh, I can do this on my own, don't need the city. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, it's complicated. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a lot more complicated than when you just think of it as a consumer, as a customer walking in, you just think, you know, food, let me get, they sell it, I buy, and right. that's it. But it's definitely a lot more going on behind the scenes, especially if, you know, for us from New York and from this area, like, we don't have any farms. There's no farms in New York City, you know, Jersey around here, not really either, you know. So um <laughs> when I when yeah. we hear like that, it's like a different world almost and, and going to a farm and seeing everything, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. more options in that sense. And some people have to drive. Mm-hmm. Or in you know, in New York City, people have to take a train, maybe two trains, just to go to the local supermarket and get there. And then they have to, you know, carry all those bags back. And pay the MTA three dollars now to to <laughs> It's very convenient. And so between those communities that have those healthier eating options, right, or those communities that have more options, healthy alternatives, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to those surrounded by bodegas, what do we have to learn about each other as far as what we have in our communities? You mean as far as like um, the bodegas itself or... Uh, as far as bodegas, as far as even just uh, us as uh, consumers, like what do we have to learn about uh, each other as far as what we have access to? Right. I think um, I, th- I think education plays a big role on all of this. I think as a as a, a you know as a consumer, you know, learning what's healthy, what's unhealthy, um, and give it a choice, right? And so when I walk into a bodega, I want to be able to make that choice. Either I want to eat healthy or I don't want to eat healthy. You know, we're not saying to, you know, to all bodegas, they need to get rid of the chips or cookies, but you have to be smart enough. Shouldn't be, you know, that's all you shouldn't be selling is cookies and chips. You know, you should be giving people options. Yes. And then bodegas should take responsibility and say to some, hey, you know, you go to the supermarket. What did you get over there that you wish you had here? You know, and I think if if bodega owners take that proactive approach, you know, I think we can learn, learn from each other. But we have to speak up. Tying into Bodega Makeover, and because you did actually do your first one in Massachusetts, right? In the yes. Boston area, in a, a place called Roxbury that has ties to Malcolm X, I've, I've heard. Yes, Malcolm X started his uh, his journey there, actually. his Actually, his house is not that far from the Bodega. You could say about like two or three blocks down. Um, oh, actually, next show we're going to have um, that we had um, a cousin of Malcolm X. So, it's, it's kind of coincidence that both of these episodes tie into Malcolm X. Nice. Um, but um, so w- w- what was it? What was the challenge going into that first bodega makeover? And then mm-hmm. what was the, you know, what did you end up accomplishing, you know, for the bodega itself? And kind of the, how did the community receive that at the at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Well, when I first started um, doing this makeover in Roxbury, um, 
I did my research and I connected with a nonprofit organization first and say, what are the needs? Because I know the community very well. I grew up in that community as well. Um, and then I went door to door. I went door to door and say, you know, speaking my Spanglish <laughs> <laughs> and say, you know, and trying to figure out what are the needs. It's like, hey, would you, would you be open for makeover? Um, so I landed on the last one um, called Vega Brothers, uh, which is a mom and son owned uh, bodega. They recently acquired the store probably two years ago, uh, not three years ago now. And they loved the idea. And actually, the, Javier, uh, the son, wanted to provide healthy options, but he does, he didn't know where to start. It's like, you know, and, and that's, that's also a lot of challenge for a lot of bodega owners. They sometimes think, or, you know, I want to open a business and I want to do a bodega, but they don't know the, you know, the, how complicated it is to run it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And after a year, they're like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, um, there we just started mapping everything out, you know, before I even started with the design um, or even did any design work or construction work, we actually uh, did a survey and we wanted to know what the community needed. You know, we, I can't just say Vega Brothers sell kiwi and apples if that's not what the community want, you know. Mm -hmm. So we did a survey. Uh, we worked with an organization called Madison Park Development, and we found out that this, this community wants to go foods. They want healthy salads, healthy soup, healthy smoothies, you know, culturally relevant food like yuca, platanos. We went really into details. So that's what we did. Um, so I was able to get a designer. Um, and they designed everything. We got a general contractor. We were ready to go in April of 2020. We got all our ducks in a row. We got our materials, we got everything, and then bam, COVID hit. <laughs> and we had a pivot, and we were just like, we lost our general contractor, and we lost all our, our donated materials. They can only give us a discount. So I had to do a crowdfunding campaign and we waited and waited and waited. And the bodega owner, we spoke, we're like, what's stopping us? And then I just like, you're right. Nothing's stopping us. So we just like, let's just do it. And for some reason, I was able to wear another hat, you know, on top of my producer, executive producer, mom, storyteller, contractor. <laughs> Wow. Um, and I was able to utilize a lot of my resource, a lot of my friends who worked in construction. I was like, hey, can you help me help me get a schedule done? Schedule done because me and the bodega owners were like, oh, I think the painting goes first. I'm like, no, I think the floor goes first. So we want to make sure that we were doing things right in, in a yeah. correct manner. Um, and then I just pulled all my resource uh, together and we was able to get, the, get it done in two and a half months. Wow. So I think also for people that may not know, so Bodega Makeover does the, even renovates your, if for example, if Bodega Makeover goes into your community, they renovate the way the store looks as well, right? Because that's also a big part of it as far as where the food goes, right? If I'm not mistaken, and and having the design element change as well, so. Right, and yeah, and the education plays a role. You know, we just don't want to go in and do, do the makeover. We want to make sure that the Bodega owner is educated on marketing, on connecting with these organizations because at the end of the day, it's about sustainability. It's how the community plays a role in the bodega. Mm -hmm. We wanna make sure that it continues from generation yeah. to generation. 
at the end of the day, bodegas have to pay their own finances, right? They have rent, they got light bills, cable, whatever the case may be. So what is uh, that first step or what is the, the message you would say to uh, the bodega owner that wants to acquire these new food uh, resources or these food um, different options, but thinks it's a little too expensive for their budget? Mm -hmm. I would say to the bodega owner is first find out what the community wants before you make that assumption. You know, um, do a quick survey, do a little box. It's really easy. You can do a shoe box <laughs> and just ask, hey, you know, tell me what you want to see in this bodega. And then use your resource, call your city, city hall and say, hey, I'm a small business. What is available to me? You know, call your electrical company and say, hey, I want to go green. What can you help me with? So it's really, it's right there, you know, and we have the power of the internet. You know, we can just use our phones. Yes, right? and, and figure out what what's available to us because there's tons and tons of resources for small businesses. Let's say, for example, that plan does go right. I think a question as the consumer would have, and a question I had in the beginning when I found out, is there's a food. Let's say you know we're giving these healthy options to the bodega, and now they know what the community wants. Is there like an uptake in price for us, a consumer, that we have to be concerned about? Because a lot of times when we think of healthy food, we think of more money to spend as a consumer. And it's like, I might as well have a bag of chips. So is that the case when we, with Bodega Makeover? Um, no, I mean, you know, healthy foods, people think it's expensive, you know, um, but it's really not, you know, uh, you know, I think the Bodega owner has, um, has the power to, to, to change those prices and they can do that by connecting with their nonprofit, those nonprofit organizations. You know, for example, you know, Madison Park Development, you know, uh, no, let me go back. For example, if the bodega owner is selling bananas, sorry, selling bananas and those bananas are going bad, they can freeze those and make smoothies, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, bringing, those, bringing down those costs and the way they can do that is by connecting with these organizations of resource and say, you know, for example, you know, I'm a bodega owner and my, electric, my electrical bill is like $400 a month, right? I can call my electrical company and say, hey, you know, I want energy saving. How much can I save? Let's say I brought my bill down to 200, right? So I'm able to bring some of those products down because I'm offsetting my cost. You see what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, um, they, they have the power to do it. They just need to learn their finance. How, what can they cut? What can, what's useful? What's not useful? You know, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of products in bodegas that they don't sell. You know, and they just collect us. Do I need this space? Do I mm -hmm. need to sell, you know, batteries? And people don't buy them here. <laughs> it's too expensive. You know? to oh. mm -hmm. Right. You know, for example, in the bodega in Chelsea, they were selling, he was selling Dominican bread. And it was, it was a lot. That's like, do you have Dominicans in this community? No. So why do you, why are you selling these breads? Yeah, you got to start thinking about who your customers are. Central mm -hmm. South American. So you need to speak, speak to them and say, hey, what kind of bread do you buy? Not the Dominican bread. <laughs> their bread, yeah. <laughs> right, their bread. Exactly. So, you know, I, I sometimes laugh when people say that healthy food is expensive. It's not. It's really not. If you really budget, you're, you know, it's not, it's not that expensive. So do you think when we talk about these bodega makeovers, do you think there's as much pressure on the community to enforce that change as far as advocating for it? We think it's more on these bigger corporations and nonprofits, as you mentioned, that have helped you 
the first bodega makeover in in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Do you think it's more on on those nonprofits and companies who want money to push it, um, or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think for for me, I think the consumers have the power because the nonprofit can go to a bodega owner and say, "Hey, we want healthy options here," and the bodega owner say, "Okay, what's in it for me?" Mm-hmm. What are you What you going to give me? You know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's the business. They're running the business. And, you know, a lot of the nonprofit has to keep that in mind. You know, they, they, I, I think they have tried um, to help with their owners provide healthy options, but, you know, A, the foods go, go rotten in a week mm-hmm. or two uh, because they're not teaching the marketing. How do you, how do you sell these? How do you sell apples? You know, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry. And then, you know, the other thing too, how, how bodega owners uh, can connect with with other 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 organizations. So thinking outside the box. For example, you know in Roxbury we have a organization called Commonwealth Kitchen, where they you know where they help entrepreneurs um, you know create their brands. Maybe yeah. Commonwealth Kitchen can go to the bodega and serve you know sample foods, mm-hmm. healthy sample foods, or you know maybe a nonprofit can sponsor apples and, and, and pears and then give them out for free or give them yep. out for 25 cents. So there's a lot of way we can get creative on getting you know healthy options to that bodega. I think it's very important for like what you mentioned for us to advocate as a consumers if if we have are in a neighborhood where we want better bodegas, right? And also I think it's important like you mentioned for the bodega owners then to to reach out to take that first step. And, you know, hopefully they run into someone like you with the Bodega Makeover and they're able to listen to the community and make these changes. So that's something very, that's something very great. Um, and to that point, where is Bodega Makeover at now? What is kind of the, so you finished the Roxbury project. So where are you kind of at now? And what's the plans for the future for, for Bodega Makeover? So, yeah, we finished our pilot. You can watch it in our, our website. It's bodega, mybodegamakeover.com www.mybodegamakeover.com and you can find the pilot there we're hoping to uh, you know we're actually seeking to um, to connect with networks uh, to get into a bigger platform because I think you know this is this is too big to be just in Boston it just needs to be everywhere everywhere in the United States yes you got to bring it to New York we we need there's a lot of bodegas here that well, I, I, a lot of us would like if we, they had a little upgrade. So, <laughs> absolutely, Chicago, Los Angeles. I mean, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's what we're we're at. We're actually seeking um, to collaborate with a bigger company um, to get this to get this everywhere to tell the story. Perfect. And so, you said we can watch it at uh, mybodega.com. Mybodegamakeover.com. Mybodegamakeover.com. So, definitely to all the listeners, uh, give that a, a a look. Give that a share. And hopefully we're able to see it grow because, you know, we see all these shows on TV where there's like a million home makeover shows. And I think I would yeah. like to see on TV, you know, yep. <laughs> only a so lot many- of makeovers. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if people have stories that they know a bodega that needs serious makeover, please share it with us. We, are, we would love to, 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 to listen to that. And, you know, maybe, you know, that can be the next bodega. Who knows? Yes. And then, and then all of a sudden they see you on the block and they know something's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, that's great. I think it's a really good story. Um, I think that, especially for my generation growing up, we 
we are trying to, I can't speak for, for our, the whole generation, but a lot of us are just trying to do better for ourselves and for, you know, the kids that we don't even have yet. We're trying to provide a better world, a better future for them. And I think that this is also a good start. You know, some people may not be into politics, some people may not be into that sort of realm, but just, you know, if you like food and you like eating healthy, you want to share that knowledge, you know, starting with your local bodegas and starting with your local communities is an amazing start. And I think what you've created and what you are in the creation of, of building is amazing. Um, I definitely want to uh, share my, my, my best wishes as far as that goes. And I definitely, I don't see why we wouldn't see this on TV very soon. So I just want to say thank you. And do you have any final remarks you would like to say to the listeners as they're watching this at home? Hey, can you continue to, to continue to support Victor, continue to listen to URL. Yeah, let's continue to, uh, you know, uplift our, our youth.